The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Feeling better? Looking better? Making life better? It's Life Tips. Life We'll explore the latest innovations, introduce you to the latest products, and bring you the tips from experts and environmental pioneers to help you lead a better life. Life Tips. Life tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome back to the Life Tips Show, everyone. Byron White here. I'm, I'm interested uh, to, to speak with Matthew Boger today, uh, who is has quite a story to tell. I'm sure that... Uh, you'll you'll be uh, as as uh, as as riveted as I am to this story. Some of the cha- as as uh, as as riveted as I am to this story. Some of the challenges we're going to take on today are how parents can handle children coming out. Uh, we're going to talk about bullying. We're going to talk about a a story that is really uh, was the inspiration for a book that 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 Matthew was the centerpiece of. Matthew, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. Matthew, could you tell us a little bit about your uh, your incredible story um, as it related to actually uh, coming out yourself and having a fairly bad experience of that that has since become an inspiration for your speaking engagements and motivation uh, to help uh, help people? Sure. Um, I grew up in the Northern California area, which is where I live now. And at 13, not really thinking anything bad or different, I had come out to my mom. My parents were divorced at the time. My mom was raising seven kids, and I'm the third of those seven. And in a late-night conversation, I don't know really the reason why I chose that particular time, I came out to my mom thinking that, um, well, part of the reason was I was being bullied so badly in school that I was no longer attending school, and I came out to her in a way to explain, one, why I wasn't going to school, and two, seeking her help. Her response, um, and in my case, I know that, you know, it's a little different. She actually grabbed me by the back of my arm and threw me out of the house, locked the door at the age of 13 into the streets, um, where I remained on the streets for four and a half years until I was about 17 years, about 17 years old. Uh, I never saw my mother again, nor did she ever speak to me again, and she has since passed away. Um, and I was left to a life on the streets without living in a shelter, eating out of trash cans and discarded, you know, food, doing the best I could for those four years, 24-7, living in a park. I eventually had made my way to Los Angeles uh, several months after I was on the streets where an even more horrific incident had taken place in an alley in Los Angeles uh, where I became the victim of 14 skinheads, um, all with razor blades glued to the front of their boots, basically where they had beat me to the point of unconsciousness. They believed that I was dead and had left me there in that alley. Hmm. And that was sort of my experience coming out. Well... (laughs) We're going to get to that story uh, uh, as it will unfold uh, throughout this interview, but I want to go back to um, to 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 your 
your incredible work that you've since done there, um, since uh, you know uh, that terrible experience, you've gone on to be incredibly successful. Could you tell? Could you fast forward us to what you've been doing recently? Some of your past experiences, because I want to unfold this story in a delicate way. You're 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 a remarkable individual, having overcome that event. But I want to center on how parents can handle sort of coming out. Obviously, your situation wasn't handled well, but tell us about what you're doing now, if you could. Well, taking those experiences, both with my mom and with the skinheads, um, I did end up becoming very successful in my life. Uh, The end result was that I ended up being the general manager for the Museum of Tolerance in Los Angeles for a number of years and took those, those experiences, and transformed them into positive speaking engagements, which I do now, uh, mainly in high schools, junior high schools, colleges around the country and internationally. In fact, I have a trip coming up to Canada for about 10 schools. I decided to not live my life as a victim, but to take the experiences that I had and turn them to a positive in order to reach out to others, both perpetrators, victims, parents, grandparents, whoever, to help assist in making that path a more positive experience for everyone involved. How were you able to uh, continue on with, with education? And, and, and did you, in fact, as you were literally living on the streets? I mean, I can't imagine uh, you know, anybody enduring what, what, what you did in your circumstances and feeling so, so alone in the world. Tell us how you survived. Well, I... My survival on the street was literally day by day, so there's no great explanation as to how that took place. I have always had my faith in God, and, you know, I leave it to that experience. You know, that explanation is just, it was God's will. You're correct in the education. I did not finish school beyond the seventh grade. I never returned to school. I know that that is a very rare and unique uh, experience to become as successful as I have without that background. Um, most kids my age on the street will end up either dead or in jail or, you know, other horrific things that can happen to a child that age out on the street. That was not my experience. I did achieve my success by never stopping, you know, for even a second to not believe in who I was and to know that I would make it. It's not something someone taught me. It's not something that was handed to me. It's just something that was there. And I, part of my speaking is to be able to then take what wasn't given to me and give it to somebody else. Let's dive into um, the the particular incident um, with with the skinheads and 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 what what happened there and how it became a a real uh, turning point in 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 your life later on in your career. Why don't you walk walk our listeners through this remarkable uh, story? Well, there was the beating in the alley, which was had left me nearly dead. Um, and Were you hospitalized, by the way? No, I, I was not hospitalized. And, you know, I didn't go to the hospital and I didn't call the police, nor did I seek that type of attention because in the late 70s, I grew up in San Francisco and had witnessed, a, you know, not that that takes place now, so I need to curse that one, you know, put that out there. But um, I had witnessed a lot of police brutality against the gay community. So my fear of law enforcement at the age of, you know, 14 was so great that I could not call the police. I was afraid that they would, one, agree with what the skinheads had done or at least help finish off what they had done. Um, And I didn't go to the hospital because I was 
so afraid that they would call my mom and knowing what she had felt, said, and done that I actually crawled back into the park. Fortunately enough, none of those wounds were life-threatening. Um, and I healed, you know, I stole, you know, peroxide band-aids, you know, those things, did the best I could. Um, I do have a constant daily reminder because most of the cuts are now scars. Mm. But wow. what took place after that incident was I went on with my life, did what I was doing, became the general manager of the museum, and while I was managing the museum, became very good friends with a young man that works there, still does to this day. And several months into our friendship, uh, it came out that he was actually the skinhead in the alley that night, 26 years earlier, who had left me for dead. Wow. So uh, how did this actually come about? Um, was it in the midst of you telling some of your upbringing, your life story to him? Was there a delay on his part of, of, of <clears throat> coming to grips with that might have been him? How did that come about? <clears throat> well, yeah, it's, it's exactly how it came about. Is we were having a conversation one day discussing, you know, growing up, um, you know, I had achieved the highest position in the museum under the director, and so there was a conversation, and, you know, where did I go to school and how did I, you know, achieve this goal? And <clears throat> that's where it came out that I hadn't gone to school. I'd lived on the streets in Los Angeles. And in that conversation, it had turned to, like, where he hung out as a skinhead, where was one of the places he hung out. And I had found it odd that it was also a place that I hung out. And I, my, the exact words that we had said to each other was, oh, I used to hang out there until one night. And there was no delay in his reaction or response. He knew immediately what I was talking about and realized instantaneously who he was sitting across from. There, it was, there was no delay in us realizing who the other person was once that conversation took that turn back to that hangout. Hmm. Now, could you, could you tell, uh, tell us about who he is and what he is now all about and 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 how this would therefore have an effect on this conversation you were both having successful as well did he go to college what what, what was his path and journey in life well he remained in the movement for a number of years um in fact had reached second in command of one of the largest white supremacy movements in california um mm. it was the organization uh run by tom metzger um, who people may be familiar with. He did eventually leave the movement. Obviously, he is working at the Museum of Tolerance, so I don't think he'd be still being a skinhead. Um, he had changed his life around, which took a great deal of work, courage, and strength for him to leave the movement, turn his life around, speak out against it publicly. Um, he did go on to college. He now works for a university. Um, in fact, one of the things he does is translates reading materials it, uh, for the blind. So he translates them from their normal format to a format for, that the blind could then use. So his life has all been dedicated to a complete 180 as to what it was dedicated to before. He now fights against the very, very things that he promoted. Hmm. Okay, so we have these, 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 these two people sitting having a conversation about an event which which was... Uh, clearly uh, uh, just 
one that can't even be described. What happened, uh, you know, after this realization? Was well, there... <laughs> there was a lot of uh, anger on my part. Um, and it wasn't for the reasons that people would think. It's not, you know, yeah, it was partly the incident. But in my view, this man had robbed me of so much in that alley. And I had viewed him as going on to being successful, being able to go to school, having a family, living a normal life. And he was considered, up until the point where he met me, to be this great hero who had changed his life and speaks out against hate. And that had angered me so much that I wanted to, in some way, nonviolently, exact my revenge and bring this guy back down to who he really was in that alley that night. Mm-hmm. and let people see what a monster he is. And basically what I was trying to do was take from him what he took from me. Mm-hmm. He was enjoying his life as a hero, and I wanted to take all of that from him. And believe it or not, that actually didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we forged that friendship through forgiveness. Not He didn't need to forgive me, me forgiving him. We forged that friendship, took that experience, and turned it into the presentation that we do both across this country and nationally as well. Incredible. So he has been involved with you in telling this story and in speaking to people uh, about this story. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, we, both, we speak independently of each other as well as together when we can actually make it to the same place. Mm. We live in different we live in different parts of California now, so um, gotcha. But yes, um, in fact, he's coming here to where I live in a couple of weeks for an enormous nonprofit uh, fundraising event that we're having here in town. Terrific. So now, your 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 story of the two of you is is also the the, the subject of of a book um, called Freaking Revelations. Could you could you tell the audience a little bit about that before we take a break? Sure. The book is called Freaks and Revelations, and it was based on someone had heard the presentation, and we all three, the the main author, as well as Tim and I, had decided that we can't be in every school, we cannot be in every school to prevent, help, and assist in the bullying issues that are going on. And the best way to reach most kids and parents was to have a book that was readily available to them, which actually tells more and goes into detail of that story and at least allows them to learn the same lessons through the story in the book. Hmm. There's so much going on. Let's take a quick uh, station break here back in just a few minutes with more about bullying, more about how parents can handle children coming out and more just about these, these incredible challenges that we face uh, today and, and, uh, and dealing with, uh, with reality uh, back in just a few minutes, everyone. Life Tips will be right back after this short break. Two, one, booster ignition. Ascend into new heights of ranking and revenue with a search engine-friendly online shopping cart that's ready for liftoff. Introducing Ascender Cart. Ascender Cart optimizes your shopping cart with easy-to-use SEO tools that will help build keywords, titles, and tags for top search engine rankings. Get all of the advantages of having a shopping cart on your site and monitor your progress with regular reports in just a click. 
prepare to launch your shopping cart to the top of the search engines with a sender cart. Learn more about what a sender cart can do for you at ascendercart.com. A-S-C-E-N-D-E-R-C-A-R-T dot com. SEO is like a roulette wheel, hoping that you put in the right meta tags and keywords on your page so that your site lands on the top spot. Don't just take the gamble. Go with the sure thing. The premier business-to-business on-air and on-demand podcast network, webmasterradio.fm. We can place the right keywords and messages from a 30-second spot to a 30-minute monthly special. Plus, we give you the banner ads, links, and placement to bring you more traffic from not just search marketing pros listening to our SEO channel, but from all of our listeners and podcasters searching for you. Contact sales at webmasterradio.fm for a consultation today. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. CEO Coach, Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Culture and Business Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. And now back to Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, and wiser. Here are your hosts. We're back, Matthew. Matthew, thank you so much for being on the show today. Really, this is uh, this you've you've left us on a cliffhanging uh, to to want to learn so much more from you. Um, tell us a little bit about your your thoughts now, and, and particularly, I'm sure, and what you speak about and, and talk about with particularly the parents uh, aspect and how parents can can handle uh, this this official uh, ceremony of of coming out and. Um, and, 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 and of course the lead up to that, I'm sure is, is gotta be something that we, we can get some really savvy advice from you on. Can you, can you, can you comment on that? Well, sure. I mean, coming out for, you know, if we were to say for anyone really, I, you know, normally I'm in front of teenagers coming out for a teenager is probably one of the, uh, scariest, most tremendously, frightening, you know, things that they have to face in life, Um, and it is as well for the parents, and it takes a great deal of courage and strength to be able to open up and to tell what they consider to be this terrible secret, and, you know, my goal with parents is, is to try and lead them into, you know, a way that this experience can be positive. I mean, there's so many things that they can do once they hear the news. Uh, what are they going to do about it? Because it does come at a time when bullying is at its highest, <clears throat> or at least it's being more reported on. It comes at a time where it comes up against the parents' upbringing, their values, their you know their goals and their dreams that they had for their children. Um, so reaching out to them is more important now than it ever has been. Mm-hmm. Well, what 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 can be done and what what should be done as, as as you know both you know in the early stages of perhaps suspecting you know that that something's uh different 
um, you know, as well as the the actual, uh, you know, ceremony itself in 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 announcing uh, the you know the the coming out process. Well, if we take it from a parent standpoint who may not be readily open or accepting of this particular news, and they do suspect um, or they think um, there's a possibility um, that their child there's you know hints that you know young kids will give or try to lay the groundwork. And the first thing I encourage parents to do is to, one, take a moment, seek outside help, discuss the options and the issues and how they can deal with it, what are the things that they can do to protect their child, to help them, to make them feel safe, to create a safe environment that they can come out in, to know that their parents will support them, even if they haven't reached a point of total acceptance, that it's not about the child, that it's, it's okay with who they are, but they themselves need some time to rise to that challenge and to grow you know, emotionally and in their experience to be able to stand side by side. So I, you know, my thing with parents is if you can't or you don't think you're ready, then it's time to seek outside help before your child comes to you so that you are ready when that happens. I know more parents that don't take that time and react in, in a negative way, such as my mom, um, and there's not a lot of options. Kids run away. Kids will feel that there's no help. There's, you know, the end result in some of these, as you've heard in the news lately, is a massive teen suicide. Mm-hmm. And those go on the increase when kids can't get what they need or feel that they're being ostracized, especially mm-hmm. by their family. Can you comment on uh, uh, creating an environment, um, you know, uh, that is safe and 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 uh, and, and open uh, to to the the, the 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 realities of of of, of today? There, what what is that environment like? Could you describe it? I can describe it in what I really had wished my mom had done. Uh, <laughs> yes, it's you know, creating that environment is communication is important. Letting the person know, so let's just say your child, that, you know, you're okay with these things in life. You know, you're, you're fine, or did you hear so-and-so? There's ways to introduce the conversation in, the, in a very light way to let your child know, hey, my parents are cool, so when I go to tell them this, it's not going to be a big deal. Um, those initial conversations can be simple, you know, like you can even be relating to a TV show that they like, or have you watched it, or what do you think? Um, the teenager will be gauging the parent's response and will base whether or not they tell them on that. Um, and I see that a lot with kids. So creating that safe environment is having that, having that open line of communication that whatever you're going to tell me, you're safe, and then following through with it. Don't say everything you want to tell me is safe and you can be honest and open with me, and then they come to you with this and you throw them out or you shut them out or you... You know, the other advice I give parents is if you need the time, let them know that. Let them know this is a big deal. I need 24 hours. I can come back to you then, and we can discuss it more. And then take the 24 hours and use it uh, productively. Mm -hmm. And let's talk about that, seeking outside help. Where can a parent go to seek outside help with how to better communicate, um, you know, uh, the needs and the wants of, 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 of kids, uh, you know, in this state? 
There are a lot of organizations that will reach out to parents. There's the Trevor Project. Um, I know it is mainly for teens, but parents can also go on to their website and seek outside help with that. There's um, PFLAG, which is a national organization. There's always a small one somewhere in someone's town, which PFLAG is the acronym for Parents uh, and Friends of Lesbians and Gays. And they have that support system, and they've all been through what that parent thinks that no one's been through. Um, there's our website um, where we can help parents with questions that they want to ask their kids as well, and that's uh, hatetohope.org. There's their local counselors. Um, there's another really easy way is to find out um, if their child's school has a GSA and to get involved with the GSA because those are run by kids, both gay and straight, and they've all been there, and they all have great advice. And by the way, I just wanted to repeat to everybody, it's hate2hope.org is your site, Matthew. Correct. Terrific. Um, in, in your opinion, um, what percentage of, of, of young adults are, uh, are being received poorly versus being received well um, by their parents when, when they are announcing that they're coming out? Um, that's a hard percentage number to come up with. I, it depends on areas. Some, you know, there's times where I think, well, this is, you know, I might be preaching to the choir and then I have, you know, young adults come up to me after presentations and I hear, I will say this much, so far as a percentage, I hear more often than not parents having similar reactions to my mom. And I find that discouraging so much in this day and age when there is so much information out there. Um, and so much help out there. You know, I don't want to say, oh, it's 70% poorly and 30% great. Um, it's just that my experience, I hear, you know, the, the teens that come up to me are still in the closet. You know, they're still hiding that secret or what they consider to be a secret. And so for me, my experience is it's still out there um, on a higher percentage than I would like to see. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And um, what about... What about young adults? What about teenagers? Where can they go to get help in uh, in managing the process of, of, of coming out? Um, two great organizations. One I already mentioned, Trevor, the Trevor Project, mm-hmm. which is online. It's national and it's 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. The other great organization is GLSEN, G-L-S-E-N. It's, the, it's um, a great organization that also takes on um, the anti-bullying campaign. You've, the most kids or parents probably seen their ads on TV under, you know, there's ads that run every once in a while talking about words and slurs. That's GLSEN. And they have a major website with tons of information and outreach, both for parents and teens. The Trevor Project is 90%, 99%, I'll say, is where I would direct any teenager to go first. Let's talk about the topic of, of bullying and, and, and your, your, your take on it. Um, you know, obviously there is, uh, there is a, uh, you know, a community, you know, of, of that, 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 that has to exist within school systems or within circles of, of people. There are some people more popular than others. There are 
groups that are formed with similar uh, interests, uh, whether it be sports or debate or academics. Um, there are people that seem to click well together and hang out together. Um, and all of these are natural parts of, of a community. Um, also within communities, another natural part of it is uh, this, this, this uh, competitive nature within groups of, of people. All of this, you know, isn't an explanation or a rationalization for why ridiculous, non-rational things happen within communities. But have you been able to understand bullying more in your travels, in your journey, and why it happens and how to stop it? Do you have any thoughts on that? You know, I, the different clicks at school I always think are great. It's a great social skill when you take that click and use it to victimize someone else who you perceive mm-hmm. to be different, um, that then becomes the issue. Yes, I do have a better handle and understanding on bullying. You know, in talking with Tim, you know, a lot of times the bullies, and we find this in our workplaces, we find this in our communities as well as in our schools. And, you know, a bully can be anybody, you know, it generally comes and is born out of a place of insecurity and fear and mm. not feeling that they measure up by, by putting somebody else down, mm-hmm. by subju- subjugating someone else and victimizing them, the bully then feels stronger, feels more important, especially, and what most people seem to miss in the entire bullying episode is all of the kids that stand around and are silent about it. It allows the bully to think, yeah, I'm cool, I'm great, and look at all these people that aren't doing anything, so I'm being supported in this. Mm-hmm. And Tim <clears throat> was one of the major parts of the person who sort of helped me understand the mind of, in his case, perpetrator or bully, if you want to take it to the extreme, is that he was a coward and highly insecure, came from a broken home that had no guidance and needed to feel that respect and that strength and that you know, it was all false. You know, there was nothing under it. But by victimizing others, he felt stronger. He felt that he had gained more respect in his movement than he had if he was just a normal person like he is now. What are your thoughts on whether to punish the bullies is, in fact, bringing more uh, more praise to them and more uh, more you know, rationalization for what they're doing. I, well, I, I'm a huge advocate of that. I think that there has to be consequences to someone's actions, but mm-hmm. consequences without reaching out and taking it one step further to helping them achieve the goal that they are really trying to achieve, but through a negative means, um, is somewhat pointless, especially when you're talking about teenagers. Mm-hmm. If you're able to, you know, I hate the word uh, rehabilitate, um, but if you're able to, yes, there are consequences to your actions, and that you need to learn. You know, what you've done is wrong, and this is what you have to do in order to make up for that. But then to take it one step further and to not leave them hanging out there after that um, is far more beneficial than just punishing the bully and walking away. And we're talking about the school system. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you, we've seen, I think, historically a a real rise in in bullying. Um, Are you seeing that statistically as well as you travel around from school to school? Is this problem getting worse and worse? And why do you think it's getting worse and worse? 
I don't know that it's getting worse. I think that it's getting more coverage. Um, there has always been bullying um, in schools. Um, I very much hate the phrase, it's a rite of passage is going to school. And, you know, it's not and it shouldn't be. I don't know that there is a, an increase. Um, I think uh, there has been a slight increase, and that may be because there's media coverage, and we know that there's individuals out there that, you know, they seek that, you know, 30 seconds of, I'm going to be in the news, and so I'm going to do this. Um, I have looked at statistics, and they've remained somewhat the same. But I think that the media, in a, in a very positive way when I say that, has jumped onto the bandwagon to bring the attention and the light onto the subject. Therefore, it seems like it has grown. The schools I have been in, I will tell you that every teacher, principal, assistant principal, and administrator have taken an active role to curtailing the bullying that goes on school, but admittedly says it still happens, but far less than it used to years ago in their school. And that's multiple schools that both Tim and I have been to around the country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In my observation with teens, and by the way, I have a teenager uh, son, um, and um, in in my in my brief observation uh, for 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 his surroundings, um, which are briefer than most, he actually lives in in Colorado with with his uh, with my ex wife and and his uh, stepdad, and they're great people, and has they have a fantastic family. But um, it seems to me now that 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 um, there is a new trend amongst kids. Um, and, 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 you know, by the way, what is, what is Facebook? What is, uh, you know, what is Twitter? What is, what is social media doing to this experience um, as well? Um, but could you comment on, on how there may be new trends happening that are, are providing vehicles to bully maybe easier or, or maybe maybe it's more difficult now um, to, to really have an impact. Do you, do you have a thought on that? No, I, you know, the Internet is, you're correct. It makes it easier to bully someone because it is no longer a face-to-face contact but can do the same um, damage. The, the latest trend in bullying is, well, one of them is economic status. You know, those who have no longer, no longer have. And the best way to attack somebody and is to ruin their social status and the easiest way to do that is through those those social medias facebook twitter uh, myspace because teens can't readily get on there immediately and delete a comment before it goes out to 500 people and then other people jump on that bandwagon and join into the victimization i think it it doesn't make it harder it actually makes it easier to attack the victim and it no longer has to be in the school, no longer has to be face-to-face uh, in a group of people. It now can be behind your computer in the privacy of your own home. Um, and there are no really good, strong, as we've seen in recent stories, laws against that type of um, bullying or attack against another person. Even when it happened and led to the suicide of a young girl, there was really no way to prosecute the person who set up the account and, to, and, and did what they did. So I find it that it's easier, and it gives kids more access. Mm-hmm. And that's for parents. That's why yes, parents and and we're 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 seeing this obviously some extreme examples suicide being being one of them, with you know clearly pain is being you know, emotional pain is being inflicted online, 
um, and, and, and it's faceless interactions. But, you know, can you really ever stop that? You know, probably not. You'd have to remove the, 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 the social media connection. But, you but can we understand it better? And maybe that's your point, right? I, I think it's to understand. I think we go back to parents. I know that, um, in fact, it was a big conversation here in the news yesterday where, in fact, one of the questions was, would you allow your teen to set up a Facebook account without friending you, meaning the parent? Uh-huh. And it was an overwhelming response that every teenager, the people who responded to the news story was that the parents who responded, every teenager who had a Facebook account had to have their parents as a friend on the Facebook account and also had to make them so that they could access all of the information so that the parents uh-huh. could then monitor what is going on on their teenager's page. And it's not just bullies. There's other people out there who can access a teenager's page. And I think it's extremely important that if a teenager wants an account like Facebook or Twitter, that the parent be actively involved in that page and those posts. Including wall-to-wall posts. Including wall-to-wall. There is a, there is a privacy setting that allows you to, once you post it, it goes out to everybody that's also a friend of yours. So a teenager needs to make sure that that setting, or the parent needs to make sure that the teenager has set the setting so that they can read those pages, including mm-hmm. what's going on on their friends' pages. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do worry um, about, uh, you know, the importance of, of friend-to-friend communication and talking with your friends about problems that are, uh, that you need to deal with and that you're experiencing and then having your parents misunderstand and mis- mis- misinterpret what you're perhaps communicating online. I mean, there is a, there is something there is important a, a that, that, you know, you need to communicate with your friends, you know, directly without parents being around. That's what the uh, private message button is for. Right. Send a message. Right. And then parents, that's not, that doesn't go out to everybody. I know that because I have a Facebook page, because of what I do, there are, I think there's about 15 teenagers on my page. Mm-hmm. And I know for a fact that their parents are monitoring the conversations between myself and their teenagers, mm-hmm. as well as they allow their teenagers to send that private message if it's a question that needs to be answered without the parent being involved. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's what that setting is for. And I have explained that to parents and teenagers. It's apparent. But you're right. There is times where kids need to be have that privacy to have that conversation, and that's what I always say. That's what the setting is for. Send the private message. Parents can't read that email. Well, your story is just remarkable, Matthew. I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Indeed. These are, of course, tough questions that I had to ask you, but we've got such great information from you. It's really it's enlightening, and, and hopefully we're going to shed some, some hope and knowledge on, on both parents uh, and, and, and anybody listening into the show, especially teenagers who are the center of, of this conversation. Tell us again about your site, Hate to Hope, uh, the number two, hope.org, what people can find on the site and how people uh, uh, can get a hold of you and who you want to, to reach out to you. Um, that site is set up for more information on the presentations that Tim and I do. They can also access the book. Um, the site is being in, is being built. It's still like in its process. They can uh, there's also an email or contact me directly through that website, so they can ask the question. They can find out more information. Some of the things we discussed on the website. 
Um, and it's open to parents. You know, Tim and I always believe in honest and open dialogue. It's open to their comments. It's open to their questions. Um, or if they want to gain more information on how Tim and I or individually or together can speak at their school or at their organizations or their community for their students as well as for themselves. Terrific. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening in to the show today. Thank you again, Matthew. Thank you very much for having me. Right on. Until next week, everybody, I hope your life's a little smarter, better, faster, and wiser when it comes to the challenges that we discussed today. Thanks, everyone. See you next week. As as uh, as as riveted as I am to this story, some of the cha- as as uh, as as riveted as I am to this story, some of the cha- as as uh, as as riveted as I am to this story, some of the cha- as as uh, as as riveted as I am to this story, some of the cha- as as uh, as as riveted as I am to this story, some of the cha- as as uh, as as riveted as I am to this story, some of the cha- as as uh, as as riveted as I am to this story, some of the cha- as 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 uh, as riveted as I am to this story, some of the cha- as 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 uh, as riveted as I am to this story, some of the cha- as as uh, as as riveted as I am to this story, some of the cha- as as uh, as as riveted as I am to this story, some of the cha- as as uh, as as riveted as I am to this story, some of the challenges we're going to take on today are how parents can handle children coming out. Uh, we're going to talk about bullying. We're going to talk about a a story that is really uh, was the inspiration for a book that, that that Matthew was the centerpiece of. Matthew, welcome to the show. Uh, as as uh, as as riveted as I am to this story, some of the cha- as as uh, as as riveted as I am to this story, some of the 